Hello, everyone, and welcome to Young China. We are a half Chinese Brit and a Siberian Russian living in China. We help you demystify and translate Chinese culture and lifestyle. My name is Lucian, and my name is Artem. We are entrepreneurs who made it in China, and now we are sharing our experience with you. So last time we talked about a few things that maybe people would think are a little bit negative about China, like smoking, drinking, this obsession with white color, and so. To reverse that anti-propaganda, we're now going to be doing some pro-China propaganda. Are we? I don't think it was anti-China propaganda. Okay. Well, I mean, I mean like drinking and smoking is a whole world, world problem. <laughs> I'm not sure. Like Chinese drinking culture is worse than、mm. British drinking culture.、Mm. Maybe even better. <laughs> At least they don't fight. So today we've talked all the way from afternoon naps. To touching upon work schedules, and we've even talked a little bit about factory culture in Chinese factories. Hey Artem, how are you doing today? You look super tired. Like your bags under your eyes are bigger than the backpack that I <laughs> I carried to the studio today.、Uh, sorry, it's hard to me、uh, to come with. All thoughts today,、mm. because I don't know I, I'm too sleepy. I probably need a afternoon nap. Okay. Well then, I think I know the topic of our conversation today. But do you have usually afternoon naps? I have actually. My benchmark for seeing if someone is really Chinese, like, is whether they can sleep anywhere and everywhere at a second, like, within. <laughs> a, <laughs> no, within but it's、instant. it's another skill. It's in a nap now. And the thing is, I used to have it like almost every day when I was working in Chinese company,、oh, really? and it was kind of a cool. It's kind of really good reboot for your yeah. mind. Yeah, sure. And you so, like, f- like it's it's the second morning of the day. Why don't you explain to everyone about what afternoon naps are for people who are listening outside of China? It's a common thing. It's like for everyone. Usually, lunch breaks in Chinese companies and factories. It's more than one hour here. Sometimes, like two hours. You know, like like siesta in Spain、mm, or mm, Portugal. Mm. But on siesta, sometimes they don't sleep. They just chilling. But Chinese people really sleep.、Mm-hmm. So actually, I've never had that habit of going to sleep during lunchtime. Never,、right? never, never, never. Certainly, never in England. Right? Even though you're tired, like you know, you after you have your lunch. Like your belly's full and you're and you're a bit、yeah. tired, but you just you just kind of like keep going with work.、Mm-hmm. And then when I came to China, I noticed a lot of my colleagues were sleeping, and because actually everything kind of shuts down, right? So you're you're kind of like you don't ever have anything to do. Yeah. And so you're like, oh, maybe I should try a nap. Yeah. And so I tried it for the first、yeah. time, you know, a few years ago. And it really, really has an effect. Like it is, like you say, like you reboot、yeah. to a second morning. But again, for me, because I don't have that habit, like it would happen like once a week. But if I sit down and I try to sleep, it's not so easy for me. Yeah,、right? that's what I felt.、Uh, like you have nothing to do when、mm. everyone's sleeping. When I first time come to China, it was my first job in Dongguan on the factory, and on the first week on my work. <laughs> uh, when it was like twelve o'clock、uh, lunch break, and then I went to the canteen、uh, to eat with everyone. And the thing is, like it was like、uh, the big canteen for all factory workers. Then it was for management and office workers. 
Chinese one. And then with a split for foreigners, you know? <laughs> and we have a special cook, like a Chinese mm. IE, who uh-huh. is not like some special, but she learned how to cook well. And there was Italian... T- oh, my God. Uh, t- Italian technician mm-hmm. who taught her a lot how to make some, like, macarons. Wow. And, wow. I mean, like, not the fancy one, but it yeah. was okay. European food, like, just like, normal, like, you know, mm-hmm. in many Chinese cafes, they have this European yeah, sandwiches, yeah, 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 like, yeah. Uh, pasta. Yeah. So... After that, uh, everyone, like factory workers, they went to sleep, mm. like because they have dorms there. Yeah, you know, yeah, you, yeah. You know, the, the factory is like ecosystem. They mm-hmm. have all there, mm-hmm. contain uh, dorms. They live there because they they're from the villages and they come there. So they go to their dorms to have a nap and then go back to the factory. Mm-hmm. They're like office workers, all people were sleeping just on their tables. Mm-hmm. So you know, like, well, when you say they sleep on their tables, it sounds weird. Basically, how, how, do you, how, how, do, how do you describe this? They're not lying down on their tables, man. But, so they're sitting on their chairs and they have their, they put their arms yeah. on the desk and then mm-hmm. their head on their arms. Yeah. Um, but there is also like a couple of sofa for sure, like mm-hmm. in office mm-hmm. or meeting rooms, they also occupy it. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, like yeah. in this case, you need to finish your lunch as soon as possible and then <laughs> so go, go to get, get it. It's the best places here. <laughs> But again, with foreign stuff, we have our own chill room where mm-hmm. we have our lunches. And then, like, I start to just, like, check in my phone, or, like, emails, talk to friends. And then an Italian guy and another Russian uh, technician, he, they just, like, fell asleep. And I, what the <laughs> fuck? Why, <laughs> guys? I was like, and then, like, I tried a couple of times. And then I used to it. Like, in two weeks, I used to it. It was, like, again, like, lunch, afternoon nap. But the thing is, the rule, it shouldn't be over 20 minutes or 30 minutes. Mm. Otherwise, you will, like, walk up to... Groggy. Yeah. Like, you you get into, like, deep sleep, Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, sure. So, it's kind of an art of afternoon nap. You need to feel this. That's why I start <laughs> to uh, set up alarm clock. Mm. So, to get up, because, like, a few times I was, like... Oh my god, like a zombie the yeah, whole day. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. And in the evening you cannot fall asleep and it's like the whole yeah. day ruined. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. But so for me actually what I was so interested in when I came to China was that a lot of offices, particularly co-working spaces, they actually have actual bunk beds in an office. Yeah. So I kind of thought that everyone napped, yeah. but it was kind of like don't let the boss know or don't let the management yeah. know. You just kind of have a lunch break, then you have your nap. But actually, it seems that the management of some places, they encourage you to nap, so they even build bunk beds yeah, yeah. for you to go to sleep in. They even have a VWor- in WeWork on Fuxinglu. Yeah. They, they have this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then I also thought, like, better than, like, your bosses cannot catch you. But bosses also do this, <laughs> even in big companies, even in the banks. Mm-hmm. One time, I remember we come to the PwC office, and then people were sleeping the same in the office. Like, you know, like fancy dresses, PwC office, yeah, and yeah, then like yeah. this skyscraper, and they sleep also. <laughs> Imagine going back to England and seeing like some PwC executives <laughs> just like having a nap. <laughs> I feel that Chinese people, they listen to their bodies more yeah. in many ways, right? Yeah. So when they're tired, they sleep. So actually, if you go around... Where they're t- hungry, they eat. <laughs> yeah, when they're, I mean, I mean, if you go around, not so much now anymore, but certainly when I was younger, you'd see a lot of like taxi drivers, they're parked up just by the side of the road and you'll just see them sleeping, yeah. right? Because they're tired, so they need to sleep. That just makes so much sense. Yeah. 
And then you walk around town, you see all these shops, especially after lunch, people are people are tired and they go to sleep. I mean, that's it's natural. It's natural. I think it's it's in deep in our blood. What, yeah, that's what we did like two thousand years ago for sure. After and, like hunting. <laughs> and so, so the point is that actually, when I first got here, I thought, oh, why are people were sleeping? That's not very efficient. It's kind of a little bit lazy. Actually, I realized that it increases, it boosts your efficiency. Yeah, there is a lot of researches. Lot. Yeah. This is like scientific mm. proofs mm-hmm. that after this short reboot, it's like it's bad for health if you went to the deep sleep mm-hmm. on the afternoon nap. But it's small reboot really helps a lot efficiency of your any any mm-hmm. physical or like mental job. And the thing is when I realized how important it's for Chinese people because that factory was like half joint venture, half owned by Russian and the top manager who the Russian guys who are not that deep in Chinese culture. One time they thought like why we should like work till like say six thirty. We can work till six if you short our lunch break to one hour before mm-hmm. it was one hour and a half mm-hmm. which already was complained about like they asked for two hours some factory have two hours and we have one hour and a half and then they made it one hour so they said like you can go home earlier actually there is no home there is only dorms for factory <laughs> workers so they're still staying there but anyway you can sabar you can like, like finish, finish work. your work earlier this is good new so they make this new rule and they announced this and like in two three hours it was really kind of a boycott it was like <laughs> all factory workers around like 100 people went out of the factory they have their leaders there mm. and they said like we will not keep working if you like not change back and they said wow they say like and then my, because i was kind of an assistant to general manager and then i Uh, explain him what's mm-hmm. going on and I had tra- he cannot speak Chinese and I talked to the guys and then they say we just literally cannot work mm-hmm. if we don't sleep sure. try to go and work this hard physical job yeah. every day with uh, this leather and all this like factory if you don't sleep mm-hmm. so if we we need to like sacrifice we eat less or we sleep yeah at, or don't sleep at all so they say we, we will not work mm-hmm. and then in one day they put all back oh wow <laughs> and that time i realized how important is it mm-hmm. after a few months on the factory i also realized how important it is like even in terms of sales so, you know chinese sales they are like if they see the deal they are like go for it yeah they can drink on ktv until the morning whatever make this deal happen yeah. right yeah yeah but when customer come lunch break and they <laughs> sleep they really say they like not available Wow. They don't go out to meet him. Wow. They even say like, "Could you come earlier?" Or they just don't reply. Mm. They just, you know, this thing. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's even not on factory. Sometimes like some important thing, and you message someone like at twelve o'clock, one o'clock, no any replies. Yeah. They yeah. probably see it, but they don't care. Yeah. Because this more important for them: eat and sleep. Mm-hmm. You know. <laughs> I think that's pretty true. So that's one thing I want to ask you about regarding afternoon naps break times and work times. So the lunch break would be between an hour and a half to two hours and they still finish at six, six thirty. That's mm-hmm. what time do they start then? Eight thirty? Nine thirty? Something like this. <laughs> I already forgot. Just like it's the same. It's eight hours work. It's eight hours. It's okay. not like this uh Chinese factory workers work like twenty hours. Mm-hmm. If you want, you can work and you will have bonuses. 
Ah, some okay. of, some of like workers can work like you know like 12 hours 14 mm-hmm. hours per day mm-hmm. but then they salary increases like twice yeah really yeah especially if it's joint venture because like chinese these departments they really take care of uh like foreign uh, companies i mean mm-hmm. like you have more responsibilities if you're a foreign company and they like they keep an eye on you so you respect the labor in china and all this ah uh, uh, yeah 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 no i understand it's a good advice to all people you better don't try to contact uh, chinese people from 12 to two o'clock mm. beijing time even mm. if you're like in another country and you want to talk with your chinese uh, partner or even friend they will not be efficient probably they will be sleeping or something and you will annoy them so you see actually when we're at we work It depends on which we work. There are some we works which have a lot of sleeping spaces, but the we work we were in actually it there wasn't that much. And I think this is one of those things again where a foreign entity comes into China and they try to do things in a very international way without understanding demystifying and translating Chinese yeah. culture, right? Yeah. And that's that's the whole thing. I mean, you see so many different foreign entities doing the same thing. They'll come into China trying to bring a strategy that works back home but doesn't work here because they haven't attuned to what is local. Yeah. Even some companies don't understand the um, importance of Chinese holidays for example. Mm. That they need to give like days off more. And Chinese people even don't care about the let's say like annual 30 days or something like this. For Chinese people it's more important to Uh, be free when all people all China mm. having days off right mm. Chinese people will never arrange meetings 11.30 because half an hour for sure it's not enough to talk mm-hmm. and then it comes to the very important food time and nap time and then I also when I was working there I was talking to my sales for example sometimes I go with Chinese sales together for some negotiations say, let's go no 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 then they we will not respect people's time about mm. they need to eat. I say, come on, they can eat like one hour later, okay? No, 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 cannot. <laughs> it's business, it's money. And yeah. you know, like even money and business cannot uh, change these habits. I think that's one of the things that's always surprised me about China. And it still kind of shocks me, even though I'm used to it now, is how early people eat here. So back Breakfast home, lunchtime is, yeah. is like one o'clock ah, yeah. afternoon. Here, people go for lunch like 11.30 a.m. 11 even. 11. Right, 11, 11.30. Yeah. And you're like, still, I still think it's early, but I'd still do it. Like, because they start work early. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Many people. Mm. Like, Especially older generation yeah. or like, or very stable jobs, like working retail, banking. They just start their day very early. Yeah, even they start the job, like, let's say from nine o'clock. They still get up very early and they eat very early. They don't understand the concept of branches at all. <laughs> even on the, even on weekends you know at the same time for if you go for food schedule it's uh, in the evening for sure seven it's the latest when you need to have your uh, dinner yeah because after that it's called xiaoye it means like kind of midnight snack or something midnight snack evening snack yeah, yeah. But that's actually very interesting in terms of restaurant times opening as well. I mean, Shanghai is okay because there's so yeah. many people. But if you go to smaller towns, yeah, outside of lunchtime, so if you're hungry at 3 p.m., yeah. no chance. You won't find lunch 
after living in the big cities like Shenzhen and Shanghai, I really forgot about this thing. That's why when we were cycling around the Jiangsu and Zhejiang provinces, and we cannot find open restaurant even on 1.30. No, people was finishing their food, but mm-hmm. restaurant boss say, sorry, I'm closing soon. Yeah. 1.30. Mm-hmm. And you cannot eat. And like then next few days, we were trying to set up our schedule up to this Chinese <laughs> hours of like from 11 to 1 o'clock, you mm-hmm. should have your lunch. Otherwise, you will go to McDonald's only. Mm-hmm. But it's healthy. I mean, like if you go to any uh, Western doctor and you have, you will say that you have stomach problems, they will say you need to set up the schedule of your uh, meals for sure. No, it's super important when your body takes food, you know, mm-hmm. uh, like if it's the same time every t- every day, it influences a lot on your health. I mean, like in a good way. Well, I mean, for us, you and me, and I guess a lot of other people who are entrepreneurs, food and actually health has taken like second priority for us, right? So what time they go to sleep usually? I mean, that's a mega generalization, but some of the older generation, they go to bed well early. No, like, this, it's the same in Russia. You think? Ah, no, okay. no, no, no. Actually, my grandma, she's like watching series till late night. Oh, no, that's yeah. terrible. So some of the older generation, I'd say even like 40s, they're in bed by like 10, 10.30, like they're done. Yeah. Because they're up so early, right? Yeah, they're up very... Mm. I lived before in the Changlulu, in the uh, historical center of Shanghai, and most of my neighbors were these uh, mm-hmm. old people. And it's really like 4.30, yeah. 5 o'clock. Yeah. Sometimes I wake up because they start to live, you know, <laughs> they start to talk, they start to like mm-hmm. make different noises. Yeah. Five o'clock. Yeah, our old people also get up early, but not that early. Mm. I think it depends also on the generation. I don't know why old people love to get up so early. What are they going to do all day? But they're up. like Yoga and meditation. <laughs> <laughs> so, so my neighbors where I live now are also really old because I live in this very old building called the Embankment Building. It's almost 100 years old. It's one of the very big historical buildings in Shanghai. And my neighbors, like, sometimes I wake up to the sound of, like, garlic and onion just, like, fried, like, around 5 a.m. And they're, like, they're cooking up, I don't know, maybe their lunch for their son or lunch for for the family. But they start early and they prepare it early so it's done for the day. But again, as you say, they're up super early and they're in bed super, super early I think it's, again, about rhythm, biological Mm -hmm. rhythm, you know? They get up with the sun. Yeah. And they go they go to sleep <laughs> yeah, with the sun. Sure. sure so sure. that's what they do. Yeah. When it's like in summertime for thirty five o'clock, it's already like mm-hmm. sunrise, and they get out with the sun. <laughs> but I think people our age, I've noticed that a lot of people our age. I'm not sure if this is all over the world or just China, but certainly I've noticed in China is that a lot of people have pretty bad schedules our age. Like they're up late till like you know twelve a.m. one a.m. Even if they've got work early the next day, this still. is the same. This TikTok problem. I think that's just <laughs> mobile TikTok, phone addiction or, or something. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. know. And what I do now, one hour before sleep, I put my phone just like downstairs and my bedroom on the second floor. So Artem I, is uh, Artem is showing off about his yeah. penthouse apartment, <laughs> which has two floors. Yes. Yeah. 
And it's not that teeny lofts like in a in a, in a It's a real okay. apartment with, with two, two floor, real yeah. floors. Yeah. Yes, Artem. Yeah, good. So I put my phone there and I have only my Kindle up and it it, it works well. You see today I'm so fresh. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually it's, it's still more factors which influence your life. The young generation is like yali tai da. Yeah, it's too much pressure, I think. It's terrible, actually. Also, I think a lot of people put the pressure on themselves, right? And so I remember watching this documentary about a big factory mm-hmm. and the life there is a huge factory. I think it's one of the biggest factories in the world in Xiamen. It's almost like an extension of university, right? You live, you work, you fall in love there. Some people even like get married there. So all the money that you earn there is literally saved, which actually is really, really cool because they'll do say five years or 10 years or whatever. And then they'll go back with to this the big, village and to the village yeah, with like a big and, bundle of cash basically. And build the, this big villas mm-hmm. really, which mm-hmm. I saw in many Zhejiang villages But, and buy a good car and got some support from sure. the government. But you think about this, like even at 5,000 RMB a month, if you're saving all of that, that is good going. Because yeah. even back home, mm-hmm. like, or, or, you know, my friends here in Shanghai who have good salaries, the cost of the rent, maybe, I don't know, five to 10,000 RMB a month, plus all your food and all that kind of stuff. I mean, they're not saving that much. I think if you're on 20,000 RMB here in Shanghai, probably if you're very frugal you can save 8000 RMB probably but in Shanghai there are so many places to spend your money not only like restaurants and bars and stuff but just every time you go out is an opportunity to spend most actually one of my friends she now just doesn't go out that much because she was like every time I go out I spend money like buying milk tea or some little snacks. I just don't want to go out anymore because every time I go, I spend another 100-200 RMB. That's why I moved to Nanxiang. But now they, 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 they build this super big mega mall, which is even more expensive than here <laughs> in Jingnan. That's what China government actually do. They try to... They encourage create. spending, right? They encourage yeah, spending yeah, because yeah. it stimulates the economy. In every village, actually. <laughs> But it's... Have you, I don't know if this is just me growing up a little bit but do you notice that nothing is free like not really okay welcome well, w- oh. welcome to the real world my son <laughs> my son <laughs> i mean every time i go out like you have to spend yeah right yeah. there's actually just not that much that's for, like maybe except the park and that's where all the old people are i guess they get up super early just to just to go there Um, I don't know why actually you mentioned this uh, mega factory because like the same happens like in any small factories which I gave you an example the factory I worked in the same I mean like people just come as a to university right <laughs> from <laughs> the <laughs> village and they have dorm they have like uh, food they have all this and they have this Baoxian uh, insurance insurance like But actually, what, was, what was really cool about the documentary I watched because there, so, there were like literally thousands and thousands of people there they even had like their own medical complex there they had yeah. like you can in the evenings you can go and take some courses extra courses I don't know like learning English or something and then I think they even had like their own police system because there's so many people of course there's going to be so some police, like low level crime like investigative security yeah there is for sure there is I mean like when I was working the for example one worker and his wife just was working in the opposite 
factory, which mm-hmm. is like really close the small road, and there's another factory, mm-hmm. and the child works on another factory, for example. <laughs> really, there is like all the people who have the second generation who also wow. works there. What did I do after I stopped to eat in the foreigners' kitchen? And I went to like workers' canteen sometimes to just chat and mm-hmm. talk with them and mm-hmm. to understand better vibes and to understand actually better what's going on on the production lines uh-huh. because I was responsible on some some things to understand what's going on there. I and can there just was imagine like, you this this fresh, blue eyed, <laughs> like <laughs> like a curious guy, little teenager. boy, yeah, just <laughs> going there to just to understand China. Yeah, they loved me actually. Mm. I mean, like uh, after that, I hang out with them sometimes like play basketball there <laughs> so <laughs> it, it was good and that's how I actually understand a lot about factory process about business culture about like working culture in China and uh, really it was it was good times <laughs> and then I escaped and <laughs> took one job <laughs> but I didn't live in dorms frankly speaking mm. I had like apartments 40 minutes from that factory 40 minutes yeah by car but we have a personal drivers oh come there. on 40 minutes is miles away it's like 20 kilometers something yeah because it's factory zone and no one if oh, there's no residents there. there oh i guess so yeah. there are residents as workers they have their own restaurants they actually i went to some uh my colleagues from office who also lived in the dorm and they have a wedding there you know and wow uh, all another factory guys all come together <laughs> yeah it's uh, it's different countries, you know. <laughs> I think that's <laughs> really that interesting that you've had this real factory experience because I think a lot of white-collar guys, like myself, who come to Shanghai, we don't, right? So I just see this, like, fancy, fancy life here. But you really get to yeah, interact with those shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible, huh? Was it mostly you interacting on this kind of friendly basis with the locals or were the other foreigners also... There were not many foreigners, only top managers, me and few technicians. So they were anyway in the office because we like international company and have some foreign customers also. Uh, Chinese people like sales and they could speak English. So anyway, we interacted with them and even went like for dinners, whatever. And that time, like, there was a very interesting, it was like team of the girls, like five girls in the office, sales office. And I was sitting together with them to like talk about some business, whatever. And and it was very nice because firstly, they was thinking I'm a spy from the boss, something like that. <laughs> but then I was actually more on their side uh-huh. and tried every time to explain the boss and didn't understand anything mm. about uh, Chinese culture and why it's like that and all the things. And I learned a lot from them. It was like girls in their 30s or 40s and like real Chinese from like smaller towns Mm -hmm. and they work hardly and that's few of them bought two or three houses back to their homes. Oh my god! Because they sales, you know, yeah, 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 factories, and they also still live in dorms or very cheap apartment near Mm. factories. Yeah, usually, and they have cars, but they don't show off a lot because Mm. probably there's some secret deals, you know, some yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, how to say like it's kickback. Yes, I'm kickbacks for sure. I was good friend with one of the girl and her husband. I went to her home sometimes to eat dinner. And she explained me how she bought three houses. Oh my God. In Jiangsu, I think. And her plans was like to build the fourth house just for herself and her family and go back there. So probably she will never work again. Yeah, sure. 
after 15 years spent on Factor, which is actually tough. Could you imagine you, like yeah, she like one. from like 20 years old to 35 years old with her husband she spent like 15 years in the mm-hmm. factory in Dunguan. Yeah. But then the rest of the, her life is is okay. Yeah, yeah, Probably yeah, yeah. she will open some small business in the village. Actually, I'm really curious then also you just said she's from Jiangsu which is kind of middle China and you were in a factory in southern China. Yeah. And of course China's massive, right? So those distances are actually pretty big. Were most of the people in your factory were they mostly southern or were they from all over the place? The biggest provinces for sourcing people is Hubei. That's mm-hmm. why China stuck when it was like quarantine coronavirus, you know. Hubei was closed and even other factories start to work. People from Hubei cannot go back to factories. So Hubei, Hunan, Anhui southern middle kind of provinces. Yeah, yeah. How come so many people from there come to the factories rather than say closer by like for example Guangdong or Fujian or Jiangxi. But Guangdong people don't work. Anyway like it's it's funny thing is like you say like Shanghai people doesn't work so Guangdong people does don't work also. <laughs> They don't yeah. like to do kind of menial jobs they want to do kind of management or open their own yeah, companies. Yeah. For right? sure there is smaller town in Guangdong they go to work there but yeah. still like Anhui, Hunan and like Hubei's big provinces mm. with very high popu- very high populated and they still doesn't have enough production mm-hmm. because when China opened to the world the whole most factories was on the eastern and southern sure. coast right sure. and only now there is a, this transition from uh, from the seaside to the in, inner part of china yeah and now we can see actually many big companies international companies start to opening their factories in inner regions of china and even chinese government support this thing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's part of this kind of revitalization of the entire country because up until now as you say a lot of the investment has been into the coastal areas which means that places in central China they're really suffering or they have been suffering from lack of investment um and so now the big centers are like Chengdu, Chongqing, Xi'an which is which are all away from the coasts and they're really growing into like these real big powerhouses they have transformed into really really beautiful modern cities which they weren't before you know 10 years ago 20 years ago i mean they were just a typical small chinese city they were not small by population small, let's not say small even chongqing yeah. like 30 million people yeah. but i mean like in terms of uh, the business in, culture and mm, like lifestyle it was still like a big small city you know yeah, tier, big tier. City. i know exactly what you mean <laughs> i think it's pretty obvious that i've never done any of this factory stuff so i'm really curious about some more aspects of factory life with the factory workers did they kind of group into their own provinces or were they all like friendly with each other was there like segregation there like did people form tribes no for sure they are easier to communicate with their homes the first thing is dialect the second thing like it's it's like european union actually really <laughs> i mean like china is like european union and every province is like a small country let's say and for sure they prefer to talk and to hang out with the people from their state There are actually a lot of stories I think I should prepare for one of the next episodes. I even had this kind of factory diary. I was like uh, literally writing all things what's going on with some 
like ridiculous stories with some investigating thing. Have you read the book Poorly Made in China? Probably no. you heard about this. No. There is a Paul Midler, it's a author. He is also was kind of a, a sourcing agent or a consulting guy uh, in uh, Guangdong in Guangzhou and he wrote amazing book about this 90s uh, epoch in Chinese factory all these things and it's called poorly made in china and i um, was inspired by his book and i also wrote so many of these small stories mm-hmm. on factory mm-hmm. and customers so probably we can make another episode about factory and manufacturing in china all right thank you so much for listening we really look forward to your feedback whether it's on our linkedins or on our instagrams the links are in the description below so my name is lucian my name is artem and together we are Young, Young China. China. Yeah, I finally made him do it. Young China. All right, see you later guys. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. <laughs>